From the Sweet Home PCB Studio, Keller Williams Success Realty, Panama City Beach, Florida, this is Henry Brigman. Welcome to this special edition of Sweet Home PCB. If you remember the Charlie Brown Christmas special, well, you know, even back in 1965, just like it is now, uh, people seem to forget the true meaning of Christmas. So we're going to get into that as well as uh, some other, you know, kind of interesting things uh, going on this Christmas, including I've got a special interview coming up with evangelist Lance McKenzie, his wife, DeRay. They have been living in an RV during their first year of marriage, traveling uh, to do evangelist work all over the place. And we're going to talk about some of their travels. We're also going to get a very special edition of the true meaning of Christmas coming up a little bit later in this podcast. While 95% of respondents say it's important to spend time with their family over the holidays, a new survey says everybody has their limits. A survey of 2,000 Americans that was commissioned by Motel 6 shows that 75% of respondents find themselves needing a break from those same family members. Specifically, the average is about three hours, 54 minutes, before they need to step away for some time to themselves. That's why you keep needing to go to the office. I guess I shouldn't have my wife be the producer of this podcast. Well, on a more serious note, I've got to say, one of the things that I've always did when my daughter was younger was I'd read Twas the Night Before Christmas. I also did that on the radio a few times. But I kind of hope that maybe we can make this kind of a Christmas tradition where we can do some of this and have a little fun each year on the podcast or even on the upcoming morning show coming up on Beach 95.1. So here we go. Twas the night before Christmas and all through the house. Not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap had settled in for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from the bed to see what's the matter. Away to the window. I flew with a flash, tore open the shutters, and threw up the sash to the moon on the breast of the new-falling snow, gave the luster of midday to objects below, when what to my wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer were the little old driver so lively and quick. I knew in the moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Prancer, now Dancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen, to the rooftop, to the top of the porch, to the top of the wall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all, as dry leaves before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the house, top of the coursers they flew, were the sleigh full of toys, and St. Nicholas too, and then in a twinkling, I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came down with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys was flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled. His dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses. His nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow. And the beard of his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth. And the smoke it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf. 
and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word and went straight to his work and filled all the stockings and then turned with a jerk and laying his finger aside of his nose and giving a nod up the chimney he rose. He sprung to his sleigh, to his team, gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim as he drove out of sight, Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. You're listening to Sweet Home PCB. Hi, I'm Michaela Hale. I'm from Penmore City, Florida. I just want to say Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to my whole family. Uh, I love you guys, and hopefully I'll see you in January for my birthday. How you doing? I'm Aaron Walker. I'm from Destin, Florida. I can't wait to wish my family a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. I'm back home. Hello, I'm ABFA and Amari Taylor from Jacksonville, Florida. I'm born of the U.S. Ronald Reagan. Wishing you Happy Holidays. Hi, my name is Senior Airman Laksamana. I'm currently deployed in Niger, Africa. I would like to wish the Kurt family in Gulf Breeze, Florida, a happy holiday. Good afternoon from Atlanta in the morning calm, everybody. I'm Chris White, native of Pensacola, Florida. I just wanted to shout out uh, to my family on the Coleman and the White side, to everybody on both sides of the family. Sorry we couldn't be there for the holidays, but we want to wish you a Merry Christmas and happy holidays. This is Henry Brickman from Sweet Home PCB, powered by Keller Williams Success Realty and Beach 95.1. We wish your family a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. You're listening to Sweet Home PCB. We've got to talk about the true meaning of Christmas, the true story of Christmas as well. And that's what we're going to do here on Sweet Home PCB. We've got evangelist Lance McKenzie, his wife, which, by the way, disclaimer, they're cousins of mine. <laughs> and at least they're cousins that actually still claim me. So I do appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> but it makes a difference. You also have a podcast, I understand. I do. Yeah. It's it's called Voice of Thunder. And you can find it on Spotify, on iTunes. So be sure to go check it out. If you're if anyone's in the mood for it. Yeah. Can I tell you there's, for a listen. It's worth listening to. And I think there's something to be said about the uh, you know, the real story of Christmas, the real thing about what, what this season's all about. And yeah. we've kind of forgotten about it because we get so stressed out. Uh, the American Heart Association says that Christmas Day is one of the most common days of the year to have a heart attack. Wow. Uh, it's, it's really been studied for years. And in fact, that week between Christmas and New Year's has a deadly effect on some people they call it a Merry Christmas coronary, Happy New Year heart attack. It's, you know, I don't, that's crazy. But that's what some folks are talking about these days. It really goes back to research talking about the seasonal heart attack spike during the holidays. A big part of it has to do with the stress with trying to do all the Christmas gifts and doing all the parties and doing all the things for your family. Uh, but more importantly, people need to remember especially doing too much drinking, doing too much eating and excess. That is part of the problem because it will weigh you down. It will, it will ruin your everything. Your whole body starts getting more susceptible to flu and everything else. Higher rates of flu and respiratory infections are a big part of the reason why they say that. It's, it's crazy to think that we have a lot of that happening, but it has to do with stress. And being an evangelist, I know you have to deal with stress a lot and, and traveling. Of yeah. course, what you don't know about, about Lance Duran, they actually travel in an RV and go to different places. And and, and you're, 
your preaching, being a part of all these all these events that you've got going on. But yeah. but living in an RV, I got to get into this. How is it living in an RV, going place to place to evangelize? It's definitely, he says, Eric is definitely a stressful side of it. I, I've been sick this year more than I've been sick in, in probably my whole life. I've been sick more this year. Um, it has been very, a lot of stress with it. And, and then there's just kind of a weird feeling of you wake up and, and we live out of our RV. So we're, you know, we're, we're traveling and you know, we're in it all the time. And so even though you wake up and it's the same, the inside is the same, there's a weird feeling of you don't know where you are. Like, am I still in Alabama? Am I still in, in Georgia? Am I still in Ohio? You don't know where you are out, you know, what the outside is like. And so that's been an adjustment, you know, for, for sure. And then DeRay, she's probably had some adjustment with the dealing with the oven. That's one thing you. Yeah. <laughs> I've, when we first moved in, I've, I burnt many of meals trying to adjust to the small little oven. It gets hot way too fast. Um, and then just you inherited space. some of that from me, I'm afraid. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, that was a challenge. Yeah. Because yeah. So it was really, you, you have to learn. You, you really have to learn the different type of stoves, ovens, you know. Oh, yeah. And Gas is totally different than electric. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the first thing because we moved into a house with, uh, gas this past year and mm. it is I mean, so much different i'm i'm the only one that really knows how to use it it's scary <laughs> well, <laughs> which means i'm the one cooking most of the time uh, oh no yeah well doordash has helped us out a lot but uh well that's good they're, they're a blessing <laughs> yeah a little too expensive but they are they, they they can be a blessing but yeah it's learning how to do those different things and imagine trying to do all that uh, with a big family event such as Christmas can be. So, yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that that can be a big stressor. And and being together all the time. How do you, how, from a, from a marriage and relationships down standpoint, how is it for you to be so close together all the time? It's actually been, it's been really good. I feel like it has been at least. Just the... You know, there's no, like, if you're mad, you're very limited on where you can go in the house to get away from each other. Yeah. It's not it's not like you can go in there and lock the door somewhere, you know. And there's no place, you know, the other good thing is our couch, you really can't sleep on our couch. So I'd have to go sleep in the truck, and she's merciful. She's a really sweet wife. And so she hasn't forced me to go out and sleep in the truck after any of our discussions. So, well, uh, it, it's been nice. It has built a lot of it. Seriously, though, it has built a lot of, of intimacy and just, yeah. you know, you we feel like a team. You know, having to pack it up, move from place to place, you develop, you, you become a team working yeah. together. It, it is very different because we are, since we are full-time, we're with one another all the time. Like you said, we have very limited space. We can't run away or hide too, too far from one another. So, uh, it it really kind of almost forces you to uh, learn to communicate, even yeah. though you're upset or whatever, uh, yeah. which is which is good. So we've, we've like Lance said, we've grown together through yeah. it, and we've learned to be partners. And and being in new places, you know, going, you know, there's no, 
it's just us. So there's, there's no, you know, there's no friends to go hang out with, you know, there's no place we can go to other than being together. So it it makes it to where we're, we've had to be quicker to to reconcile and, and, you know, it's, it's the first year marriage for us too. So learning each other and, and learning, learning a new, new environment, new, new RV traveling, all that has been, it's been, yeah, it's been a year of stretching. The Lord has stretched us a lot this year. A lot of couples can't handle that. What do you feel like is the success of this first year of driving everywhere, evangelizing, you're you're together every single moment of the day? What what do you feel like has been the reason why all this is working for you? I definitely think in marriage it's it's because of the Lord, because it's a Christian marriage. I don't think without that, I really don't think it would be possible. I I I think that the ability to, for me, I get I'm speaking just for me, the ability to talk, times whenever you get an argument or you have a discussion, you know, in my mind, I always go back to, at times it's hard. You got to forgive and, and being able to say, you know, if he forgave me, and I do that almost every time, if he forgave me so much, then I can forgive her for this little thing, this insignificant thing that I've made much bigger than it really is or on her side, you know, the, the same and knowing that he can love me in spite of what I've done. You know, I think the forgiveness and love that I've received through the Lord, it, it makes you want to love other people and forgive other people. And I, I really don't think without that, I don't know what we would have done. We would you know. strangle each other. <laughs> yeah. And, and the days of stress of, well, why do you want to keep doing this? Why do you want to stay on the road? Why do you want to live this way? Um, you know, neither of us, I mean, we're not, we're not big travelers before this, but we just both felt a burden and a call for people and, and for the church. And, and not that we're better than anybody else, but, but just that we felt that God was calling us to do this right now. We have this opportunity and, and we felt that this was a time that we could give to the Lord to do this. So, and, and we're just grateful, grateful for the opportunity to get to do it. Is there so. a place that you just really enjoy the best that you traveled to this year? Besides home. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> besides home. It's kind of, we're kind of partial to Arkansas and Georgia. Um, I, I would probably say we, we actually enjoyed o- the Ohio area. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of hard. Every, every place is very unique. Um, so uh, I like the South. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're both from the South area. So it's kind of, it's hard yeah. I'm partial to the South, but then Ohio is very neat. Yeah. There's some very uh, loving people up there, and the area is just very unique. It was Columbus. We were in Columbus, Ohio area, and so it's you know everything's very ritzy and very like mm-hmm. where our camper was at. You drive up and down the road, and you'd see BMWs and and Lexus and and all you know all these really nice luxury cars, and then we're driving our beat up <laughs> diesel truck down the road, <laughs> but. Uh, it, it was really, we enjoyed that area and really, just really unique area to be around. But it, like she said, you know, the South is nice. And for me, I'm from, I'm from Arkansas, which is still South, but the people in Georgia, it's not. And, and so they'll ask me, they're like, what's it like living up North? And I get, I'm not offended, but I get slightly put off by that. I'm like, it's not up North. It's still the South, you know, we still drink sweet tea. We still do what everybody, you know, and, and, and let's say, but I will say 
I think there's better cooking here in the deep south. Like when you get down down this way in Georgia, southern Georgia and Alabama, man, there is some good food. Some food to make you fat for sure. So. <laughs> well, that's that, that's the good thing is you can actually get out, walk around a little bit before you get back into the RV and go to the next place uh, to kind of kind of help take care of that because being sedentary, it's very hard and it will cause problems. Uh, yeah, and especially nowadays uh, where you're hearing about people getting blood clots. Of course, we, you know, because they sit there too much. Uh, yeah, back issues, neck issues, all that type of stuff. I didn't realize I was doing a health podcast podcast here today, <laughs> but it, there's just so much of that that happens because you don't stop and get out. Do you ha- do you have times that you actually are able, but when you're traveling, to kind of stop and take a break? Yeah, we we, we do about every two hours. Well, she will actually drive the the. It's a fifth wheel that that we have. We pull a thirty five foot fifth wheel with our diesel truck. And we'll, she will, every two hours we'll stop and we'll walk a little bit and then we'll switch and she'll drive the next little bit. And, and, and there's many times and we love, you gotta love Walmart cause you can park in that big old parking lot and go get your fuel and then go inside, walk around a little bit, stretch your legs, go get you a salad from the, from the deli. And, you know, we've done that a lot. It, it helps with, like you said, with your, with your legs and the stiffness. For even for me, whenever I'm in the studio, so long uh i have to take a break i'd get get up walk around a little bit do a little you know ever so often especially well i'll be doing that as soon as we we wrap up the podcast too uh i'll I'll be walking really fast to the coffee shop to get me some more coffee because it's it it takes a lot of caffeine to do this job um yeah and whether you're a fellow podcaster like yourself, I mean, you have to get all your stuff together. I let me ask you this: uh, When you prepare your podcast, what are some things that you do to make sure you stay on topic? You, usually, I have something written out. I, I have an outline that I follow because it'd be easy to to ramble. And then I'm I'm always watching the time. So so I have an outline written down, and then I'm I'm watching the time. And if it's getting close, I'm just cutting stuff out that I feel like is you know, is, is extra. So that's what I do. Cause I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to stay on there unnecessarily long. You know, sometimes people do like to listen to a longer podcast, but then sometimes people like short. So I try and alternate some long, some short. And, and with the podcast, it covers a wide range of topics. So I try to give something a little bit of something unique every time, something different, a, a lot about ministry, a lot about church, but, but just a, a wide variety of stuff about books I've read, time management. I've done, I've done a variety of, uh, of podcasts. So I know time management is something that we all need to work on. Uh, I know one of the things that we do because I'm based at here at Keller Williams, they have, you know, Gary Keller, who's the co-founder. That's one of the big things he talks about is if it's not on the calendar, it doesn't happen. You really mm-hmm. have to stay focused on that time management to keep everything in place, which is hard to do because when you have an emergency pop up, I'm sure that uh, when you end up getting a phone call about somebody who really needs to speak to you or see you, mm. you probably have to kind of change your calendar a little bit. Oh yeah, for sure. And I, I try to do a lot of like like hourly scheduling. I think they call it time blocking. I do a lot of that, and I do it dynamically though. So I, I'll, I'll schedule for a certain amount of time, but a- after that 
I might have to shift some things around. If it went an hour long or 30 minutes long or, or short, I, I might move some stuff around. And that, and that helps me a lot. Just more than anything, seeing my tasks to, to do that day on an actual sheet of paper or, or on, I have an app I use, but you can do either or. Just to see it and, and see how much time allotted, you know, for that task to do and see how it connects to everything else in my day. You know, that helps me stay on task because it can get easy to get distracted. And, and you know, have, like you said, people call you, stuff happens. It can be easy to kind of lose track of where you are and what you have to do next and how much time it's going to take. I never realized how important it was until, you know, I got a little bit older and I realized that I was just, I was not focused. Now, part mm. of that is because I, I do have ADD. Another part of that is just simply not being able to control my calendar and, yeah. and, and saying yes mm-hmm. too much because I had to learn to say, no, I really can't do that. And it's very yeah. hard to do because you want to help. You want to try mm-hmm. to do all these things for everybody, but sometimes you, you need to have a break. Your, your body needs a break. Yeah, you do. You know, your mind, oh, yeah. your mind goes into all sorts of different ways. You misunderstand things real easy. And that's part of the reason why we have so much stress during this time. Mm-hmm. Well, really lately we've had it every day for the last you know, 10 years. I think what you're doing is so important to talk about, especially because of the fact that you're able to get out there, spread the word, mm-hmm. live your life and be a part of the community for that little bit and just see life, just see what's out there. I think that's an important thing when doing all the traveling because you have to, you have to get out there and see the world, uh, to see the people, to find out what's going on. I really, I mean, honestly, I, I never realized that DeRay would end up growing up to do this. I'm proud of her. I'm very proud of her. I'm, I'm proud of her and, and her sisters uh, because they, you know, I've known them since they were born. Uh, I really feel old now when I say that, but uh, I remember when she was born. And uh, I tell you, y'all, I have a lot of respect for what you're doing because it's a hard thing to do in this day and time. You got your priorities straight, and you're living with your faith, and you're doing all the things you're supposed to do and especially learning about communication because communication is that's part of the problem that we have in this world right now is that we don't know how to communicate. Oh yeah, for sure. And and I'm sure it doesn't matter where you go to speak. You're probably seeing that because some people don't quite understand what we're trying to say. Oh yeah. There, There is a high, especially in our right now in our country, there's a high, high biblical illiteracy rate. People, people know the basics a lot of times, basics of the Bible stories, you run into that quite a bit, you know, throughout throughout the country. But we, we greatly, hey, I, we really appreciate that. That that means a lot to know that people see us and support us, you know, and 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 watching what we do. That that means a lot. It, it really does. We're, we don't have it all figured out by any means, but our, but our our desire is to do what we can. And and for me, I'm just driven. I'm driven by a by by a need. I think we're both driven by 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 a need and a desire to see people. See people helped. Statistics. If you, I don't know if you looked up any statistics here recently, but Barna Research they do a lot of statistics, and it's scary. If you start going on, they're just looking stuff up. You know, it's like a. If I remember correctly, it is somewhere around six out of ten young people are are 
porn addicts. They are, you know, they they search it out. Um, the United States did a study here recently on on drugs and found that thirteen percent of the nation are 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 drug addicts. Thirteen, imagine that thirteen out of a hundred hmm. people in our country are are drug addicts, and that was for the year twenty twenty one or twenty two, I believe. And, and it's just crazy to think, you know, that that's somebody's kid. That that that's some little boy who dreamed to grow up to be an, an astronaut, and instead he's growing up, and you know he's in digging through a trash can for his lunch. You know, he, this is somebody who who's addicted to this substance, and he, what can they do to change it? You know, in the Panhandle, we have we have that problem, especially with fentanyl. You know, they're now arresting the dealers. Uh, they're now going after the people that are actually sending the stuff, which is great. One of our local sheriffs actually arrested his own child for drug possession. Wow. I mean, things happen like that everywhere. And it can happen in any family. And people don't realize, they, they, they have these blinders on to reality sometimes. That, oh yeah, you know, things, the things can happen. It, it can happen to anyone, uh, not, just, not just the poorest. It can happen to even the richest, even whatever. I mean, uh, I mean look at the way uh, people are dealing with depression or not dealing with it. I mean, look yeah. at how, you know, we start talking about all these celebrities or whatever, and they end their own lives. I mean, it's, yeah. the depression is tough, but you need to get help. Yes. Yeah. And there's always somebody to, to do that. There's always somebody out there that can help. And mm-hmm. they, they, they get so caught up and they have that smiling face. And make yeah. you feel that like everything is normal, but inside it's yeah. not. And that also is something that I'm sure you talk about uh, either on the podcast or when you go out and evangelize. Oh yeah, I, I dealt with I dealt with depression quite a bit, especially as a uh, over the years. I've dealt with anxiety, I've dealt with panic attacks, I've dealt with depression, and just off and on. And especially when I was younger, I, I was border borderline suicidal with my with struggling with depression and really found the Lord to be, to be faithful to deliver me from that. I mean, he just did. I struggled with it for about at one point I struggled for two years with depression. And I mean, I started seeking the Lord and I, just a couple of weeks he came and he turned it around and just delivered me from it. As I began to really seek him hungrily, he, he set me free from it. And that's, that's why we're, you know, we're so dedicated to this is because we want to see people helped. It, it's not about us, but, but seeing people helped. And I, I believe this, Paul said, this is this gospel. It's the power of God and the salvation that it can, it can really save. It can really deliver. It can really set people free and, and, and free them. And, and that's, that's what this time of the year is all about. Right. Right. It's about him coming Emmanuel, God with us, him, him coming to us, not leaving us in our mess, but, but rescuing us. One of the favorite memories I have is always being with family and, and visiting. And there's many times that we visited our families. And I didn't really see as much of my mother's side of the family, which is where DeRay comes from. But the ones that I always saw were, were her dad and her grandmother and grandfather. The interesting thing is my daughter was born on the same day as her grandfather. 
And it was like one of those little special things whenever I talked to him about stuff. He's like, well, where's my birthday present? And and it was just so, it was just, he was, he was just such a sweet, caring, loving man, just like her grandmother. And there was something amazing about that marriage. If you noticed, they were always there for each other and their faith was so strong. What surprised me, I did not, I mean, I've known Aunt Betty all my life, but I never realized how much she really did until her uh, homegoing service. Uh, it, it was like, wow, she really did a lot. She really touched a lot. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, and, and I think that is one of those things that if you look at the experience that they went through, uh, I never could understand some things. You know, it's like, well, what they, you know, they, they don't have a TV. They don't have all this other stuff. Well, there was a reason why you didn't have all that stuff. Yeah. You know, because, well, let's face it, it's a whole lot worse now than it was back then. There's a lot oh, of yeah. things that you can, that, you know, even simple things that you would not think would be uh, offensive or not able, not really should kids should see. When I mention all the family and all this that, that, that we do, and how they affected my life, that's the same thing you're doing now, uh, affecting other people's lives with what you're doing, your story, your evangelizing, and you're telling from the heart on what yeah. God has done for you. And I think it's important that people hear this, but I also think it's important for not only hearing about, you know, some of the other parts of Christmas that we've talked about, but the real story of Christmas the real reason why we have this season. We're going to have that coming up. Lance is going to be talking and giving us that, as well as some great music. You're listening to Sweet Home PCD. in those days there went a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed and this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria and all went out to be taxed every one into his own city and Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David to be taxed with Mary his espoused wife being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Away in a manger No crib for his bed 
stars in the sky look down where he lay the little lord jesus asleep on the by me forever and love me I pray bless all the dear children in thy tender care and take us to heaven to live with thee And there were, in the same country, shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, You shall find the babe wrapped in swallowing clothes, lying in the manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on the earth peace, goodwill toward men.
came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph, and the babe, lying in the manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Thanks once again to Evangelist Lance McKenzie and DeRay McKenzie for being our guest on this episode of Sweet Home PCV. We'll find their links there on our pages, as well as, don't forget, their podcast, Voice of Thunder, wherever you get your podcast, including Spotify. From my family to yours, we wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Come back for our next episode as we get ready for the new year together. And from the Sweet Home PCB studio, powered by Keller Williams Success Realty, produced by Beach 95.1, I'm Henry Brigman with this very special wish to you. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. This is Sweet Home PCB.